let's uh, move on with our series, Ready for More. And our series, uh, kind of want to kick, or this week three of our series, let me kick it off with this particular text in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, a very famous text. It says this, that now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could all ask or imagine according to his power. I, I love this because it says there's something that God can do and according to his power, of course, he's, he's an amazing, powerful God, but according to the power that is at work, he wants to show off, but there's a work that takes place within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This, yes, I, I, I see that, and I'm like, yeah, I want to see amazing things that I could never even imagine. But it says, you know, as a part of that, there's a work that takes place within us. And I think what I have discovered about my spiritual journey, and some of you have figured this out as well, is that there's something that God is revealing in us and through us that when we decide to journey with him, if we'll really get in rhythm with God, if we'll get into a, uh, a bit of a dance with him, if you will, where we're dancing and flow with God, um, he begins to reveal things in our lives differently. He begins to, to kind of show us what it means to kind of live in a flow or a rhythm with him. There's something that almost, if, if you will, runs in the background of a believer. It kind of runs in the background. It's like we don't always think about it. We're you know, not always paying attention to it, but like there's some kind of flow or rhythm that's always there in our walk with Jesus Christ. Some of you, as I'm sharing today a little bit about this flow of God, you're going to understand a little bit more clearly what I'm, what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, some people will say success is found in routine. And I think there is a little bit of truth to finding a little more successful living through routine, but I want to talk to you about a flow that I think is critical for your life, that if it's there, it really is the kickstarter. It's the continuer. It's the thing that kind of keeps the thing going that's going great. I wrote this in my notes, uh, that routine establishes the default minimum and gets it done. But a God flow in your life takes you to the next level. It brings a new power in your life to encounter things that you could have never thought you could encounter. There's something about how we allow this flow of God to work in our lives. Let's talk sports for just a moment. Uh, is there anybody here, and I hate to even ask this question, because is there anybody here that likes the Dallas Cowboys? Oh. All right. All right, so some of you who like the Dallas Cowboys, you know they had some success many years ago. Some of you are old enough to know that, uh, I mean, you know names like Tom Landry and Roger Staubach. And those guys, you know, brought success to the Cowboys. But if you know a little bit about the Cowboys, you know they hit or entered into some drought seasons. And then they made a hiring move, and they brought in a guy named Jimmy Johnson. And, you know, they brought in Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin. And they established this really powerful team. They won a lot of championships. And uh, there's Jimmy holding the, the trophy there. Uh, and, you know, they, they had the success. And one time, some, after they'd won one of the Super Bowls, I think it was against the Bills, they said, uh, what is it that has caused the success for the team? And the coach said, you know, something interesting we all read together as a team, it was this book called Flow. It was a new book out during that time, and, and it was really just a book about these things that I'm going to talk to you about today, that, that this, there, there's something about 
this, this behind-the-scenes flow that sometimes is a bit intangible, that we can't always put our hands on and understand what it is, but it's something that's running in the background that causes this success to take place, right? If you think about sports again, you think about athletes, and they've got these great talents, and they do these amazing things, but the greatest of them also seem to have this intangible thing that nobody can understand or describe that is kind of a part of of their life that, that just causes them to go next level, causes them to become a little bit greater. We see that taking place in sports. I'm not here today to talk to you about sports, really. I'm not here today to talk to you about a book called Flow. I'd love to tell you about God's Word that talks about the flow of God in your life. And that book is rich with this understanding for us as believers that those of us who are experiencing the most seem to have this sort of flow going on. Let's go back to the natural for just a moment in the physical so that you can understand this a little more clearly. In the physical, you think about the flow of your heart. And when your heart is healthy and it's producing a healthy flow throughout your body, your body is in better shape. Uh, the extremities, the organs, it's, everything is better when the heart is pumping and healthy and there's a healthy flow. Uh, what do we know when the heart is not flowing well? We know if there's blockages, we know that it starts to affect your body in a very unhealthy way. Your organs can be damaged, your, your kidneys, your brain, things like that can be damaged because that flow is not working right. I'm talking today a little bit more about this more supernatural flow that believers encounter. I've, I, I, I can remember a time when, and some of you, when I start talking about this, you, you can remember a time where you didn't have this flow going on in your life. But if you're like me, I, I can remember a period of time in my life before I became a believer in Christ where I did not have this flow working through my, my life. I just didn't have it. But then I came to know Jesus, and I started to experience this dance, this rhythm that I'm talking about. Some of you know exactly what it is, and you've experienced it, and it's like that flow starts permeating every area of your life. Those of you who experienced it, you watch that flow affect your marriage. You watch that flow affect your worship, your parenting, your serving, right? Serving. You, you, you started flowing and serving. It's not just about serving me. You started serving others. And you're giving, of course, financially. This flow began to develop. For some of you, you don't know what I'm talking about. And I would say this, if there's any area of your life that's not in the healthy flow, I would say to you, you've got a blockage. And, and until you kind of deal with that and allow that flow to happen... You're going to be unhealthy in certain areas, potentially many areas of your life. Flow is an optimal state of the operation of life. It's what brings this higher level living, a flow, a rhythm. Let's talk about the natural a little bit more for just a moment. In the, in the career and job world, they've done surveys. What they have found is that about 71% of American workers today really don't give a rip about where they work. They just want to go collect a check and go home. Seven out of ten Americans go to work and really don't care much about their organization that they're working for or what it is that they're doing. They found that 29% those seem to have this next level 
right? They're the ones getting promoted. They're the ones getting the big jobs in the organization over time, the raises, things like that. And they have this optimal state where they arrive at the job and they're thinking about ideas and ways and helpers and things to improve the organization. And they want to see that happen for the organization. In the business world, it is also known as something kind of like the Pareto Principle, which is that 80% of the success in the organization often comes from 20% of the people. And you see this in the survey kind of playing out. Uh, hey, there's this smaller group that have this flow going on in their background that causes them to go into this next level way of living. Beyond average. Sports, yes. Jobs, yes. Life, yes. I put this in my notes. When you, to get to the place where you're willing to understand this kind of flow in life, I put this in my notes, and it's there printed somewhere on yours, but don't think, the people who understand this about life, don't think, what am I going to get? They start to move in a different realm, and they're often asking, what am I going to give? It's a very different mentality that in all of these areas kind of develops a little bit better, a little greater successful living. It's why Jesus said in Acts and the scriptures, he said, it is better to give than it is to re." Receive. Because a life of just taking isn't really flow. A life of just all about me and everything I want, that's not really a flow for your life. In marriage, in marriage, if you want a healthier marriage, you want a more successful marriage, think, what is it that I am giving, not what am I going to take? That makes a successful marriage. And so spiritually, it works the same way. Let me give you one more thing in the natural to kind of help you see this a little bit more clearly. There's a place considered the lowest elevation on the face of the earth over in Israel. It's called the Dead Sea. Some of you know about the Dead Sea. Uh, why is it called the Dead Sea? It's called the Dead Sea because, well, it's dead. And it's dead because, uh, if you, you know a little bit about it, it has a high mineral concentration, specifically salt. And, and so what happens in this location is, in the Dead Sea, is everything kind of runs into the Dead Sea, but nothing goes out. And scientists say that's really the biggest problem for the Dead Sea. It's because if there's a flow into it, and there's a washing down of kind of the surrounding areas, but it doesn't have an exit point. In other words, the Dead Sea is dead because there's no flow. And that concentration builds up more and more. The Dead Sea is dead because nothing is growing. You see this in humanity. They're not, people aren't growing. You see people, they take. More in the spiritual realm, right? You'll see, you'll see Christians. You'll see Christians who say, I'm a Christian. Also, give me, give me, give me. To pour it into me. I want to take it. I also don't want to offer anything out. Those people are hard to be around, let's be honest. Takers? All about me? Consume, consume, consume? It's hard to be around those kind of people. If you don't think this is a legit thing, you know, that, that it's like people who are always on the take, 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 but don't have a flow, an outflow in their life of giving to others. If you, if you don't know that's a real thing, then you're just eyes are blind. You're not, you're not paying attention. Let's go back 
to that text again in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. I want to see these amazing, uh, never before seen, beyond what I could ever imagine things. This text in the, in the message translation says this. It says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. But he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. There's something that's flowing within us. Of course, the spirit of God, but but there's something that seems to be, be happening along the way. I, I want to move to the financial world for just a moment. And you know, in this series, I've been talking to you about, hey, we are trying to gather our resources because we're trying to expand. We're trying to build this facility. And so the first couple of weeks, you've heard me talk about that. And I shared some of the history of our church. If you've missed the first two weeks of this series, I encourage you to go back to YouTube or our YouTube channel or to our website and catch those archives. The very first one was just some history about, about our church. And so hopefully you'll get a chance to see that. But I've been challenging you financially to flow. In essence, that's what I've been talking about. And there are people in this room, when I start talking about financial flowing, you are flowers. You have learned this important principle of resources coming into your life that you've prayed for and wanted and believed for, and then you've seen them outflow. It's not just been all take, 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 take. Some of you, you're not, you, you don't have this in your life. You're not a flow-er financially. Now, you prayed for the job, you did, and you got it. And you prayed, you know, to get the car and have the money for the car and the home and the bigger home and the stuff that you pray, how can I have it? Can I have a little bit more? And you, what's in it for me and what can I get? But there hasn't been the giving side of it. There's no flow financially. You're in the Dead Sea mentality. It's all, it's all for me and my stuff. This is a big concept. If you get this, if you can understand how flow works in the background of especially as we're talking about the spiritual, healthier believers, healthier financial living, it is a big concept for your life. So I hope you'll, hope you'll pay attention. I put this in your notes. God wants to create a supernatural flow in your life. Three facts about flow. These are fast. I'll write these down. So write, I'm going to go through these quick, so write them down quick. Here we go. Three facts about flow. Number one, the flow of God in your life, it is the doorway to the more that each of us seek. It, it just is. All right, people who are just takers, they, they're not going to experience this. All right, the flow of God is what helps you do everything that you do to do it greater. The flow of God in your life generates happiness. G.K. Chesterton once said this. If you want to talk about prosperity, you are talking about yourself. If you want to talk about poverty, you're talking about yourself. If you want to talk about generosity, now you're finally talking about others. Now you're utilizing words and care about flow in your life. People crying out, I'm in poverty, I don't have enough. I'm in poverty, I don't have enough. They're talking constantly, constantly about me, 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 myself. I want to get rich. I want more money. I want more prosperity. Me, me, me. But what about others? Hear me. I wrote this down in my notes. The lowest point of your life 
will not be the moments of pain and experiences that you have that are hurtful in your life that others have done to you. Those are not the lowest moments of your life. The lowest moments of your life are when you decide you want to live a life, a Dead Sea type of living in your life where there is no flow. Your life is all about receiving and not giving. Greater life happens when you get outside of Dead Sea living. How do I know this is true? Like, again, look around. People who are about all themselves, uh, they're just hard to be around. They're, they're hard to be married to. They're hard to have relationships with. They're hard to do life with. It permeates every part of their life. This is why it's the lowest way of living. I'm sharing this with you because I want you to encounter something a little bit more. Some of you uh, this year, you this is the 11th month of the year you've been being paid for, let's say, 11 months, and you've taken it all in because you wanted more stuff or new dollars, paid bills, whatever it may be. You've taken it all in, but there's been almost no flow going out. Others of you, again, as I'm talking about this, you understand what it is that I'm sharing and how it's affected you in your life because you had a moment where you finally got it. That moment, they did some science on that, some studies. Like, when, how do, where does that moment happen? You know, tried to unpack. Like, there's people kind of like just in, in, in every realm that go to next level. And what's the, what's the tipping point? And what they determined in just some of the studies that were out there is like, okay, on one side of the equation, there's inactivity and comfortability. And on the other side of the equation, there's like high activity and risk. And they found that when people finally in this one moment crossed over, I remember the moment for me, crossed over, they started developing this different flow in their life because they stepped more into risk. The things that I've been talking about in this series, in your mind, you think risk in the spiritual realm, we say faith. And we say, God, we're going to trust you on this journey. There needs to be a flow in my life, I'm challenging you to cross over and to uh, take another step, take another faith step. And those who do this encounter God even more. I've been saying in this series that here's what I'm asking you to do. And I know we have people visiting with us. And so I just want to speak directly to just our church, people that call this church their, their home. Uh, I've been saying to you, A, ask. Ask God how you can be a part of this journey Financially, B, believe. I've asked you to believe. And then I said, C is commit. I'm asking you to make that commitment. And what are we committing towards? I think you've been here a couple of weeks, maybe, or once in the last two weeks, maybe you've heard me say, we're committing towards our own personal next step financially to support the work of the church. And as I share that, some of you would say, Oh, okay, so this is about a building. This is about something, this is about some kind of building. I'm submitting to you today that this thing called flow, it's about you. And what God is trying to expand in you as you then start caring about others. I'm talking to you about a principle that affects your life personally and deeply. Yes, it will expand the kingdom. Yes, we will be able to reach more in our community. Yes, you will be directly tied to life change and the impacts of a growing church and what it means to a community. But this is a principle that affects you personally. I've been asking each of the weeks of the series that if you're ready to make your step, your commitment, that you would take that card that's on your seat, take it, fill it out, 
go outside the doors and drop it in the box on the way out and say, this is what we believe we're doing together as a family or an individual. And so far, we're halfway through this series. After I'm done speaking to you, we'll be three quarters of the way. So far, 130 households have said, we're taking a step, which I celebrate, which is awesome. And I don't want to miss that moment to say, wow. But we have 900 more to go. And so I just ask you, again, I'm asking you to pray. This is a serious, this is a serious matter for the future of our community, but for you personally. Maybe some of you prayed this week with your spouse or individually, and you've come to your conclusion. You're going to take that card. Don't drop it at the bu- in the buckets at the end of our time together. Take it and put it in that box on the way out as you go out the doors uh, before you leave here today. I'm asking you, if everybody takes this step Uh, we will see growth for our church, for our community. Now, I'm gonna go over those steps again at the end of our time together. What I really wanted to do is to focus on kind of an identification of where you are in this process. And I put this kind of in three sections today about the flow of God financially in our lives. And and I wrote this down. If you wanna put this first group in your notes, I put the flow of God financially in your life. There are three areas you can kind of figure out which one you are in. And the first one is, well, this is unfortunate, but it's the no flow. Uh, It's just not happening. I mean, you know, you're one of those. You got the check, you know, 11 months, you got all these dollars coming in, but there really isn't a flow going out. I mean, you want to be generous, but it just doesn't feel like you can. You begrudgingly, when the buckets pass, dig out a couple bucks and, you know, throw them in there. And it's kind of like, hope, you know, maybe that. I don't know, it's to make you feel some better or something, but, but at the end of the day, that's sporadic, it's rare, it doesn't really happen, and, but you, there's a lot of God provision coming in, but there's just not, it's nothing comparatively going out. We just don't have enough. It's a not enough mentality, and there are some of you, and, and this is hard to admit, but it's kind of where you are. It's, it's not a consistent flow in and then out. Haggai 1 and verse 6 says this, you eat, but you don't have enough. Hello, 2023. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. Got to get more clothes, you know. (laughs) He who earns his wages earns wages, and it's like you're putting it in a bag filled with holes. You just never have enough. Where did it all go? And those holes aren't really a portrait of flow, not at all. It's a portrait of, I just never have enough. And, And for some of you, like, it's hard, and you hear me talking about it, and it's a little bit stirring and jarring to realize that, that this important principle in the scriptures is kind of fairly non-existent for you in your life, and you'd say you're a believer. And over and over in the text, it tells us, like, this stuff is important. Pay, pay attention. And you, you do, again, I think there are, I've said this many times, if I've ever talked about generosity, I think everybody like to be generous. We really would. But, you know, you, you, you got to get a little bit more and you got to get a little bit more. And right about the time you think you've got enough to maybe be somebody who's a little bit more generous, you know, the transmission goes out and the AC goes out. And, oh, man, you know what? Now I can't, you know, I can't be generous because all these other things are going on in my life. And look, I've lived this. <laughs> First 26, 27, 28 years of my life, like this, this is how I lived. And it was a scarcity mentality. I'd never have enough. 
how, do I, how can I get my hands on more? And so I've, I've been there and experienced this in my own life and the way that I've lived. But there came a moment, a tipping point moment where just like the data told us that there's somebody, somebody takes a step of risk or faith and I just said, I've, I've, I'm just gonna do this. I, I, I just, let's see what happens. And I didn't know until I, until I did that that there could be a power in that flow of my finances. You know, I would read things about, you know, in the text about the importance of this. There was a guy I read about in the New Testament when I started studying the scriptures, and maybe you've heard of him. His name is Judas. And what do we know about Judas? He was a betrayer. You know, we have negative thoughts about Judas. And, you know, Judas's problem is he kind of sold out over, over money. He wanted more more money, and he just didn't understand the principle that we're talking about here today, betrayed Jesus. And I remember thinking, like, I, I don't want to be that. You know, like, it's all about what I can get and get more and get more and to get, get more, right? I mean, there was this one time where Judas got really upset because there was this pouring of this oil from this immoral woman, this oilless perfume that represented really a year's worth of wages for her. We talked about this several weeks ago. She poured it onto Jesus and, and, and she utilized this. And, and Judas is there and he's complaining and he's going, why are you doing that? You know, it's so crazy for you to dump all that out like that. And what a waste, what a waste. And why is he getting frustrated and why is he getting mad? Because he's a no-flow man. And I remember thinking, man, I don't want to be that, that guy. I, I, I understand that there are some of you who say, step up for the kingdom of God. Like, I, I, I don't have enough, and Christmas is coming, and what about the economy, and what about my job? I said last week that we, we want to help you. Take maybe move off that needle and take that step. For those of you struggling or maybe just want to improve your finances, we're offering a free gathering. It's called Financial Peace University. It's next Sunday right here at the church after this service on Sunday. And that gathering, we're going to have free lunch, free childcare, and just for a couple hours, you know, really Financial Peace University is a, you know, it's, it's a multi-day or a multi, uh, like one day a week event, you know, that people sign up for. But we're doing just like a, Quick little uh, helper to get you through some key things over the holidays, maybe help you out financially. And so if you're interested in being a part of Financial Peace University, write F-P-U, F-P-U on the back of your Connect card that you got there when you came in. Circle it big. Make sure we got good contact information. We will write you this week. Those of you that filled it out last week, we had 56 households fill it out last week. Those of you who are interested, write that on the Connect card. We, as long as we got good information, we will reach out to everybody this week with all the information about the event coming up. And of course, it would be super helpful if you hit the reply button. I don't know if you know there's a reply button. And if you hit that button and say, yes, we're coming and this is how many. Because that we're, we're purchasing food. So it'd be good to know if you're coming. So look for that email this week. We want to help you through this journey as you're taking that step. There's a second group of people here in this room, and some of you will relate to this, and I've mentioned you already here in our time together. This group of people, they are known as the open flow. You made the decision. You, you stepped over that line, and you opened it up, and it wasn't anymore just taking in. You started caring about generosity because at some point, you decided to believe that you served an abundant God. 
He is a more than enough God. And you made that decision, just like I did many years ago. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 4, it says this, The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young and all of your livestock is going to be blessed. Your basket, your kneading trough will be blessed. And you will be blessed when you come in. And you will be blessed when you go out. It's a portrait of saying, God, I, I believe that there's something to this. There's something to this flow that I can trust that, that brings some level of blessing into my life. There's a, a moment in the scripture and history that's recorded where there was a gathering of a bunch of people where Jesus was uh, at and sharing, and they had uh, about 5,000 people there. It was late in the day, and there was no food, and everybody was hungry. And there was this moment where this boy, you know, had some food, and he said, well, basically I've got, you know, five loaves of bread and two fish here, basically a happy meal. And he says, you know, I, I, I'm going to offer it up to this guy, Jesus. And just see, I'm just, let's see what can happen. I'm going to trust. Now, now I think I might have had a hard time with that. I'll be honest. Like, like there's all these people gathered around me. They're probably staring at me, you know, like, hey, hey, you got some food. And I might be like, well, wait a second. I got my own family to take care of. I'm not, we're not, I'm not parting with this. But the boy takes this step, right? That, that some of us, all of us have taken that step and said, you know what, I, I'm just going to trust you. And what do we know about that moment in history? Uh, that Those five loaves of bread and fish, they were multiplied and the people were fed. But something really cool about that text, I don't know if you're aware of, the scriptures say that there was some left over. That's my kind of God. My, my God says, there's so much more I'm going to provide. They'll be, be running over. They'll be left over. I, again, I share this with you and, and because it's not about something that I want from you. It's what the scriptures say is for you. And too many people, even who call themselves Christians, they are missing this flow in their life. Others of you, you made the decision one day, hey, we, when we give, we understand it will be given unto us. When one man gives freely, he will receive even more. And the one who withholds, the one who withholds unduly and makes it all about themselves comes to poverty, the scriptures say. You've made that decision to cross that line of faith. And what you know is I'm not standing up here talking about, oh, I'll give, and now I get this multiplication of money back. That's not what we're talking about. We don't teach that here. We talk about all that comes with this flow. This flow, the blessings, the experiences. You know, we have a couple in our church who many years ago started coming here and, and then started tithing. What is tithing? Tithing is when you decide to be obedient to God and give, as the scriptures command, 10% of your income back to the work of the church to reach your community, to be generous, to develop that flow in your life so that you're not always taking in. And so this couple decided they were going to start doing this. And, and we actually interviewed them, Pastor Rusty, our youth leader did, and, and just kind of asked them about that journey. But as they were talking, they did something really cool. They introduced this couple to somebody they felt like that they needed to meet to understand these blessings a little bit more. So I'll show you this video at about halfway through. It takes a more, even more interesting turn. Here it is. Watch it. So Woosley's, we know and love you, but could you introduce yourself to the rest of the community? Yeah, I'm, I'm Aaron Woosley, and this is my bride, Darius And it goes by D as well. Awesome. Yeah, so we know you've been coming to the New York for a long time. 
Um, but can you tell us how you got there? When did you, how did you get to New Walk? Uh, we started going around January 2018, and we've been going ever since. Yeah, I actually started going when they were um, at the YMCA, and I was like, oh, this church is too small. And then when they opened up the building, yeah. and we, I was like, oh, this church is too big. So eventually, <laughs> I, I, eventually, with some, um, you know, kind of pulling, I invited Aaron, and he came with me one year. Um, I know that you guys are faithful tithers at our church. Um, can you tell us, what, what year did that start? Like, was it immediate, or how did that happen? It wasn't immediate. After I was baptized in April, yeah. on that first, um, we started to fully tithe. And that was just amazing because God just kept kept us. And I was just thinking about after that, we couldn't afford uh, daycare and she had yeah. to quit her job. But literally three weeks later, I was promoted and I was still tithing during those struggles. And uh, it was just amazing to see God work. Yeah. Why are you still tithing? It's five years later. Why are you still giving? I, I get to see my kids grow in the kids ministry. I get to see my son, <laughs> uh, TJ. Uh, didn't talk to anybody, kept to himself, and he goes to youth ministry and he loves it. He looks yeah. forward to it every Wednesday. Yep, um, we see, you know, Jazzy, um, my niece who we took in about a year and a half ago, um, she enjoys coming to landing on Monday and then also um, youth group on Wednesdays. Seeing God work through CR, uh, Water Heart, yeah. uh, Captivated, and just uh, all these other trips like the DR trip. Yeah. And then like with youth, just being able to know that we have a part in that. Yeah. that God uses that to grow the kingdom exponentially. So Woosley, you just gave us a lot of amazing reasons to tithe, and I love every single one of them. Uh, but we have a surprise for you today. We would love for you to be able to hear a story from someone's life who's dramatically changed because you guys decided to tithe. So I'd love for you to meet Nicholas Rivera. And he's gonna tell you his story. Yeah, I just wanna say thank you for tithing because um, really it's, it affected not just my brother's course of life, but mine and my whole family's as well. You know, it started off as my brother slowly coming to this church and going on the trip and, you know, the wild heart trip and being changed and him coming home and me seeing the change in his life. It really affected my mindset and made me think like, man, maybe this isn't what church is like. Maybe, maybe it's like something better, like my life can be something better. And um, ultimately, like it encouraged him to start you know, inviting me and my family. And I started going and it's just, it changed my whole course of life whenever, maybe previously I was going towards like a suicidal thoughts and that type of lifestyle. And then it just like, it, it saved my life. It completely, it brought me back. It gave me like a community where like now I'm going to youth every Wednesday, I'm going to owners and stuff like that. And it gave me like a place to call home, really. And, I'm just, I'm just so thankful to you and everyone else. And now even my, my, my mom is going. Like I'm able to encourage her to go with me, and I've, I've seen change in her, and it's just incredible what it, the whole community is doing. And I'm just so thankful that we have people like you continually supporting all that stuff that the church is doing. Yeah, I think it's absolutely incredible because Nicholas, so Gabe, your older brother, gave his life to Christ at New Walk. You gave your life to Christ at New Walk and were baptized. And now your sister has given her life to Christ and was baptized in New Walk too. And so Woosley's, um, I know you see it, but this is legacy. And you're stopping generational curses because you decided to tie the New Walk. And to hear now these young men and women are leading their mom back mm. to, the, to the door and to watch her life growing exponentially all because you decided to tie. So thank you. Thank you from all of us. 
Thank you. It's an amazing story. It it's is. Amazing. It's just amazing to see you grow and to see Absolutely. that you're bringing your mom. Yeah, if I had someone pouring into me at your age, I won't, I wouldn't, God has already ordained my steps. This is where I'm supposed to be. But if I had someone pouring to me at your age, I mean, who knows how closer I would have gotten to my walk with Christ. And so thank you for being faithful and coming back every week. It's amazing. And it really is just like incredible. Like all thanks to that, now I have all these incredible opportunities, not just reach mm -hmm. kids my age, but the rest of the community as well, and to help serve in you know, my ministry as well, and even begin to find my calling like in life. I'm so thankful. Uh, so great, so great. I, I don't know if you could just pick it up by watching the video, but the Woosleys are sitting there. Do you, do you get a sense that they feel blessed? Of course. And, and the blessing that they're feeling, it's not about some exchange of money coming back to them. It's the fact that they support our youth ministry and their resources that are all a part of that. And it lets us have the greatest uh, youth night in the history of the planet every Wednesday night right here at our church because of that. And so many other corners, they mentioned some of them here, some of the corners of our church just impacting people in our community. Like that kind of stuff is a part of that. And the Woosley say, hey, we're connected to that, that flow. I'll never forget the first time I kind of started saying, man, I think, I think this thing, you'd be really real. And it was just from another person. I was, uh, I was working in that church that was mentioned uh, in the first week of the series, the little church that I began my ministry in. And I was working in youth there and we were hauling kids to church. This guy visited with us one week. I never met him, never saw him again. But he saw how many kids were there. I mean, there were some weekends we might have you know, 30 adults there, but 40 kids, you know, because we just got these kids to church. And, and uh, he looked around. He's like, man, I see the work you're doing. He came up to me after service. Where nobody talked about anything about money. But he just walked up to me. He said, you're the youth leader. I said, yeah, I'm the youth leader. He goes, opens up. Here's two $100 bills. Here, use those for the youth today or sometime. And I said to him, no, man, I'm not here. No, that's not. You, 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 come on. You know, it's like, what are you doing? You know, and, and he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you this. Uh, God's going to bless me. Don't you worry about that. I mean, he just knew, right? And, and it's just something that I was learning and I was discovering the power of that along the way. There's a mindset that has no flow. There's a mindset that says, hey, I'm going to open that up. And then there's a next level that you begin to experience. It's called floodgates. There are some people, you know, talk about the tithe as kind of a beginning step, but, you know, we have some people in our church, they're, they're, they're not tithers, they're twithers. They, they double tithe. And there are some in our church that go even beyond that, and it's been pretty amazing to see. But they're involved in floodgate mentality. You know, in Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that so there might be food in my house. God says, you can test me. It's all right, test me on this says the Lord Almighty, and see that if I will not throw open, here it is, see, it, watch and, and just get into rhythm and flow with me and watch if I don't open up the what? The floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you, won't have enough room 
for it. And I'm going to take care of that Dead Sea problem that you have. I'm going to prevent the pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields are not going to cast over your fruits, says the Lord Almighty. I'm going to take care of that dead living because you're going to start embracing that flow for your life. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 8. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything that you put your hand to. It's in all settings. I just say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm also trusting you financially as well. It reminds me of Joseph, you know, in the Old Testament. He, he was thrown into the pit. And yet he, in the pit, he, he honored God and trusted God. And then, then he went into the prison. And he honored God and he trusted God along the way. And he got to go to the palace and he honored God and trusted God along the way. And because in every single step, he was consistently trusting God, like this flow of his heart and his mind was in existence for the things of God. The Bible says that one day in Egypt where he was uh, there uh, doing work, he had followed God and trusted God so much that God had blessed Egypt with an overflow of the ability to have resources in kind of the background, a famine hit. And because of Joseph's honoring of God, God provided amount of resources to feed an entire country through a famine. And that's a portrait of how God can operate through people who are willing to let that flow continue on in every aspect of their life. You, you come to a place where you're like, you know what, I come to church and, and people serve me. And I, and I love the servers and people in the parking lot and kids and all over the place that are doing the serving. And, and I take that in and I take that in. But I, I don't want to just be the taker of serving. I want to be a server as well. I want to let that flow of serving come through me. It's the same thing financially. I don't want to be a taker of all those resources. I also want to be somebody who's giving. Let me ask you, what steps are you taking in this series? Have you made that decision? Have you prayed about it? That card on your seat is a reflection of those steps. There's not a dollar amount there. It's not that at all. It's what God is revealing to you personally. There are some people here, you give $100 a week, and your God is revealing to you that, hey, we could do 110, 120, 130. There's some people who you know, all they can give financially is 50 a week. And they're saying, you know, we're going to do, try to test God on 60. We're going to cross over. Others of you, the number is bigger. Some of you, it's a little smaller, but you're just in this mode. Like, God, what is it you're revealing to me, to us, to our family? And you just say, we're taking that step and filling it out. But at the end of the day, it's not about a dollar amount. It's just a step. The first step for some of you and many people have already decided to do this. I just need to be obedient consistently. There's people here who don't give here at all. Or when they give, it's, it's here's a buck or two. And you don't even like doing that. And you begrudge it. And it's because you don't understand anything about flow. And you've never really tested God on this. And so for some of you, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And one of the best ways to do that is to sign up for what's known as automated giving. About three quarters of our church does this. And this is easy to set up. It's, you can go down the hall today. On the left-hand side of the hallway, there's a long kiosk, information table there. You can say, hey, I'm ready to get signed up for this and to make sure that consistent flow is moving in my life. Others of you already do this and you're taking a, a, an additional step. Others of you have done that consistently and we've had a few people say, I want to move in to extravagant, sort of floodgate type of living. We've already had a few people say they wanted to be a part of that. I'm just asking you, if you call this church your home, to take your next step. Why? For 
for you. But of course, also, that when we're in this new facility and we see more Nicholas Rivera's come, like we saw with that young man on the screen, we see more kids hearing about Jesus, we see more marriages being impacted, young people, older people being impacted with the message of Jesus Christ, men and women, that I didn't just come in and just look at it and see it happening. I was a part of that blessing. I did my step and my part. I'm asking you to take that step. Luke 6, 38. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. There's a very powerful parable that Jesus teaches in Luke chapter 12 about a a rich man who's very stingy. He, he just, he's, he's one of these Dead Sea guys. You could be rich, you could have very little income and be a Dead Sea person. And, and, and here's what it says in Luke chapter 12 uh, as, as Jesus is talking about uh, this man. This man said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger ones. And there I'm going to store up all my grains and my goods and I'm going to say to myself, hey, you got a lot of good things laid up for many years. I'm going to take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Welcome to 2023. I need more and a bigger home and a bigger car, more clothes, more things. I need more new stuff. And, and, and I don't think God is going to kind of come down on this situation because this guy has a lot of stuff. It's not, it's not the issue. If God has blessed you in a big way, that, that's amazing. The issue we're about to see is there's no flow. Here's what it says. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what it is you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone. This is tough words. Who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. I'm challenging you to cross over to that tipping point and start testing, or maybe you're taking a new step in this area, testing God on this. I want to pray for you as God is revealing things to you. Let's pray together. We'll pray for that. We're, for people here in our audience that are just hearing about things of God, maybe for the first time in a while, we're going to pray over uh, as the buckets pass, our tithes and offerings for the people that, that, uh, that give during our service time together. Let's first just, God, we want to give thanks for the revealing you're already doing in people who've made commitments. Uh, God, there are some, many, that are going to get up and do that today. You take that card go out there and God I just thank you for the steps that they're taking God you're continuing to stir our church in, in ways where we're moving into to faith even further so I thank you God for what you're doing in each of us and it looks different for each person personally father I I know that there may be somebody here in our audience just like last week I had many people I was talking about the living water and how until you have the living water God, that we know that people just remain thirsty and that Jesus Christ offers that living water. We have people in each service, each, uh, each service last week, Lord, we give thanks that, that said, yes, I want that for my own life. And today we have people that came in here and they're hearing me talk about an abundant God, an unimaginable God, a thing that is just powerful that God wants to work in our lives, this flow. And they know they don't have that because they don't have a relationship with you. And the first thing we'd want for anybody in that boat here in our time together is that you. That's why we do this church. We would want you to, to come to know him and have a relationship with God. And the Bible says the only way you're having a relationship with God is if you're forgiven of your sin. 
God cannot look upon sin. And the Bible says the only way you have your sin forgiven is to accept the gift of forgiveness that the Son, Jesus Christ, came to give. God demanded a pure sacrifice for your sin, and Jesus offered it on the cross that for all who would believe in that sacrifice for sin through the gift of Jesus Christ, they would have life, eternal life, a relationship with God because they are forgiven. Forgiven people have a relationship with God. And if that is you here today, you're ready to receive that forgiveness. You're just in your heart, bending a knee and say, God, I'm ready to make you first in my life. Forgive me today. I turn to you, God, and begin this journey with you. I want to learn more in Jesus' name. God, we give thanks also for the tithes and offerings we're about to receive. Bless them. Father, thank you for those who give during this time, those who give online, the cards we're receiving, the buckets, Financial Peace University, all these things. We ask you to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.